Now tuning in to Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. recording so you no. don't you don't got it but it's just i want to think about it just that our introduction should just be a little moaning myrtle sound <laughs> yeah. yeah uh thank you eli for our beautiful beautiful theme song um we are gonna scrap it in favor of just us collectively <laughs> screaming for 30 seconds before yeah. every episode <laughs> honestly I feel like that's pretty much our brand. Our theme song is too cool for what we do here. This is true. And you know what? I'm really, I'm overdue for a good just like scream, you know? I agree. Like it's been a while and things have been bubbling up. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I definitely need to scream like yeah. Zac Efron does in High School Musical. Yeah. And also in the <laughs> Ted Bundy movie. But yeah. <laughs> He's got a very... You know, similar, a, a multi-use scream, you know? Yes. Yeah, he definitely knows how to do it. Um, yes. And I, sometimes I think about, like, if Zac Efron still sings the songs, you know, kind of, like, <laughs> hums them subconsciously while he's, like, getting ready to do stuff. Um, yeah. But I definitely have not felt more seen than I did when Zac Efron literally sang the song Scream in High School Musical 3. There's just, it's very extra, and I love it a lot. Great. Um, Cody, how the hell are you doing? I'm doing fine, you know? It's a nice little morning pod. I, I do love a good morning pod. It's rare. We usually do, you know, the the bowels of the night pod. Yeah. Yeah. But and that, you're bright and early. You know what I do need? It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, it's been a while since I addressed this because it's been a while since the morning pod. Um, but for me, on my end, this podcast is missing some juice. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just saying. I miss it. I, I miss my juice. <laughs> Sometimes you just need a good juice, okay? How about you pull a Janelle Monet and get the juice? <sighs> Thank you. Thank you for You're that welcome. gift that you just gave me. Thank you, um, of course. <laughs> so I just right off the bat I need to address something very quickly uh-huh. um, because since I found out about it about an hour ago I have been unable to stop thinking about anything else uh-huh. um, and as usual this happens when I look at the Ficklefish Films Twitter account <laughs> um, but what has come to my my knowledge I would say is that this Twitter account, which is mostly run by Stephanie, and then, like, the other person that she has on her team, they are now getting to the point where they are tweeting out YouTube links of people that are reviewing her work. Oh, no. So, on May 8th, she posted a link to someone's video reviewing The Chemist by Stephanie Meyer. Oh, God, I'm throwing things. I'm so upset. Um, <laughs> I'm just, like, so stressed. Um <laughs> And it's what you make me feel, Stephanie. And it just got me thinking, like, does she know? I, does she know about us? If she's just, like, searching her name on YouTube, 
what the yeah. fuck does she think is gonna come up? Oh no. Yeah, we do use it in like the metadata of all of our stuff. Yeah. It would come up. It would. More more than certainly. So here's what I'll say. Yeah. Stephanie, <laughs> I don't regret the things I've said. But yeah, I'm no. willing to have my mind changed. So have your people talk to our people. Listen, which is come us. on the pod, Steph. I can you fucking imagine what kind of clickbait that would be? <laughs> like I, or, and I would love it. Or not even that, we just don't put a like featuring in the episode title. <laughs> it's just a good <laughs> And then we just start the show and it's just like, oh, what up, Stephanie? That she's like, alright, I'll do it on one condition. You can't tell anyone. <laughs> they have to find it this way. We just like uh down pitch her voice. Right. And so <laughs> like they do on the crime shows. Yeah, it's like an anonymous source, yeah. Yeah. Stephanie, listen, we've already got amazing creative ideas. J- yeah. Just come think on. about it. Really, we can just shoot the shit over here. Yeah, we don't even have to talk about your work. You can just be on an episode where we review you. Like, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> if you want to dunk on someone else's book. Yeah. Oh, what I would give. What I would give to oh. hear her just trash someone else. Wow. Yeah. Man. Speaking of that, I feel very old. Um, I have a little birthday. bit of a, Well, thank you. Thank you. Happy birthday. <clears throat> um, I have Happy a little birthday. bit of Happy birthday. <laughs> it was your birthday. It's not your birthday, but it was. <laughs> now, future Cody, if you could just rip that for me and play it on a constant loop, I would appreciate yeah, it. I'll put it on a boombox and just stand outside your house. <laughs> yeah. I need it to be, like, made wonderful style where it's just got a lot of, like, weird sounds and mixes oh, on it. I'm on it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I, yes, I'm now a year older. I had my students ask me how old I was and I wasn't sure. Um, so (laughs) I had to do the math, which was embarrassing. Um, and then they told me, they were like, as soon as they asked, they were very curious that I tell them and their face got all like sour lemony and they were like, Miss Johnson, you're old. And I was like, well, all right. (laughs) And then... The same kid has the audacity. Audacity? What? Um, <laughs> why did my face just break? Um, a new year comes with just like an aristocracy about you. <laughs> Finally, I get to embrace my true royal nature. Um, my family's colonialist pass. Um, yeah. <laughs> so one of my kids had the audacity to say to their friend, like, okay, this weekend, here's our movie marathon. And they weren't talking to me, but they were, you know, talking to my class. And they were like, yeah. first up. This is what they get. <laughs> and it was just like, um, just the classic 80s movies is what this kid rattled off. And I was like, uh-huh. I, I wasn't even alive for most of these. Right. So she was like, all right, first of all, we're starting with 16 Candles. Then we're doing The Breakfast Club. Then we're doing Pretty in Pink. Uh-huh. And then who knows? And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what kind of event are you hosting? <laughs> These are some cool teens. They were the coolest teens. Hi guys, so. welcome to our Molly Ringwald fan club. <laughs> we're 13 <laughs> in I, 2019. Yeah, and they have like their own fucking Discord about it. Oh my like, god. Really... I, well, that's I don't beautiful. know. beautiful. I don't know, but I like to imagine. But that's like a, that's a great utopia. You know, I'm into it. I just really, really getting into some of the nuances of classic 80s films. 
Right. I would sure. I would love that kind of a media analysis for my kids. Yeah. Right. Goddamn. You know, wow. <clears throat> one can help. Kids these days, you know. <laughs> kids, listen, I'm the same. <laughs> um, speaking of kids these days, we have quite a few current events to discuss today. Have to do with kids these days. You know, well, the current events, the kids these days. They are. <laughs> they are. Great. First off, Game of Thrones ended, so you have no excuse to keep the podcast queue going. You have to listen yeah. to us. You have nothing yes. else to do now. Yeah, um, come on. Listen. Listen. So, we have a USA Today article that's talking about Amelia Clark, which, thank you for this gift. Um, yes. And also connecting it to Fifty Shades of Grey. So, apparently... She was like, Fifty Shades of Grey? Nah, can't do it. I'm already too naked at my real job. Game of yeah. Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Which I get. <laughs> right. Same. Uh, there, was, there was something that she's referring to specifically about Danny, where she's like, and it's annoying as hell, and I'm sick and tired of it because I did it for the character, referencing the nudity there. Um, I didn't do it so some guy could check out my breasts, for God's sake. Yeah, like, fair. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Yeah. Um, I, after the finale, um, I saw a lot of people talking about, like, the working conditions that she had on set, and it sounds like, this is not, like, our lane, so I don't know who I am talking about this, but all I'm going to say is it sounded like Amelia Clark went through some bullshit sure. on the Game of Thrones set. She had, like, a brain thing. I don't know what it was called. Something sciencey, probably. Sure. Um, she like went through a brain surgery or something because she had like a hemorrhage, and then like on set she had to like deal with these like really stressful working conditions mm-hmm. where she would tell them like, "Hey, remember when I had an aneurysm or whatever? I need to stop." And they were like, "Nah." So, I'm sorry, Amelia Clark. I'm sorry that you have to deal with a fan base that's really shitty. Yeah. Come to our side, but not Fifty Shades of Grey. Something else, preferably. Can you imagine if she just showed up on you? Stop. <laughs> Can you imagine, though? Stop it. <laughs> had some wacky name, like, Strawberry Jam. Yeah. <laughs> we need to make, like, a you character name generator. Oh, my God. I think that'd be Hold really on. funny. Let me see if that's even a thing. I don't think it's a thing. But what I would give, yeah, one really of those, good. like, things you see on Twitter, where it's, like, based on the... The day, right? <laughs> the first letter of your yeah. name and like the month you were born yeah. on, or something. All right. So thanks, Emily Clark, for not doing Fifty Shades. It was probably for the best. So sure. Good on you for living your truth. Could you do me the honor and tell me about your dads, please? Ugh, my dads. <laughs> Welcome back to another Can Watch. Thanks. We missed this on the first time around, uh, but Robert Pattinson's in a movie. Um, called The Lighthouse. Yes. With my dad, Willem Dafoe. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's my dad. Um, That's fair. And it's great. I'm very excited for them to just be, like, seafaring men with beards. Um, and apparently it's fun and good if the trades are, are correct. But um, that seems great. And there's a there was a cursed photo of them at Cannes. With who else was there? I feel like it was just them, but I may have just. It was a photo of three, out. but I don't think I recognize the other guy. Yeah, I don't know who it was. It might be someone from the movie, but all of them are giving middle fingers 
And I love it. And there's like a lot of moods and stuff going on here. Um, most notably Robert, um, in which <laughs> he's doing like a crossed middle fingers. Like he's got the two and they're making like an X sort of. And he's making... He looks like a junior in high school. He looks like he's 12. And <laughs> again, his hair is... There's something happening here. Um, none of it is good. And his no. face, he looks just like he's very happy to be here, but also like he's a teen bully on the playground. It looks like a family photo to me. Sure. Yeah. Of just like... Sure. <clears throat> dad and his <clears throat> weird son and right. that son's weird cousin. Yeah. Just fucking living on the town. Sure. But yeah, I, I've i come onto recently realizing how much... Willem Dafoe has infiltrated the things that I like. Yeah. Because I knew, and this is going to be embarrassing, but, like, the first thing that I knew him from was Finding Nemo. Oh, shit. <laughs> well. And then, obviously, like, he's in The Fault in Our Stars. But then he was, like, in Aquaman and, like, Spider-Man yeah. and John Wick. Like, people just get Willem Dafoe to be in stuff. Willem Dafoe is in every movie, and he's great in all of them. I agree. Um, Most I notably agree. playing... Um, uh, which Franco is it in Spider-Man? Uh, all of them. Wh- whichever Franco is in Spider-Man. Jeremy Franco. Jer- <laughs> Jeremy Franco's rich dad in Spider-Man. Like, it's perfect. <laughs> Tad Franco. Dad, yes. He's the dad Franco. Um, yeah, he's great. He's so good. In every movie he's in, I'm like, ugh, Willem. My man. Thank you so much for your work. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Like, <laughs> God, he does so much. I love this, especially because, and I think the thing that drew me to this title, well, it's an indie wire piece that says, um, Will and Defoe thinks that Arpaz has the perfect chin to play Batman. Yeah. And honestly, you're not wrong. He has a very strong He's chin. He's got a, a, a Batman jaw, you know? <laughs> he does. He does, for sure. And our next one here is... An important update on theme park life. Specifically, Lionsgate theme park life. It's just a treat. Yes. We've talked about this Uh, previously. We have. Um, But there are updates now. Yes. So, one thing is, thank you to Parentology for this information. um, Known as parenting in the digital age. I love that. I love that that Um, exists. Me too. Yeah. So... I I love the idea of this Lionsgate theme park. It's going to be coming out this summer in China. Oh, shit. Which is, like, super soon. Yeah, that's now. <laughs> it's Yeah, it is basically now. And they're kind of funneling it with these, like, two main Lionsgate products of, like, the Hunger Games and the Twilight Saga. Yeah. And so the two that they build here as, like, two of their, their biggest rides is one about the Hunger Games. Everyone's um, favorite relevant cultural touchstone. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Duh. The thing we grew up with in high school uh-huh. and haven't thought about since. <laughs> um, and, and has just been in our cultural consciousness since then. Right. You know. Um, they describe this Hunger Games thing as a, quote, distinctive aesthetic sense. <laughs> sure. Where it's just a, a 3D ride. Yeah. In a hovercraft going through the capital, and that there's going to be, like, restaurants about it, too. Um, but the reason why this caught my eye, and this photo is up on our Twitter already, <laughs> um, is the, the Twilight ride. 
that they have. Oh, um, it's called yeah. Midnight Ride. Sure. So if you want to just take a gander at what you think that's about. <laughs> but it's a it's a VR dirt bike adventure in the moonlit woods with Jacob and his boys. Okay, here's a fucking question. (laughs) (laughs) Out of any of the superpowers or, like, characters or character types in the Twilight Saga... Sure. I feel like the least interesting thing to simulate for uh, an attraction is Mm -hmm. riding a dirt bike... Yeah, something that you can do in real life. Something you can do in real life, and also something that doesn't really put you into the fantastical world that really an attraction and a a ride might be able to suspend your disbelief on a little bit. Um, Right. And again, like, it's, there are wolves present, it's just you're not one of them. You're just riding with the wolves. (laughs) It's like, if you're Jacob, just become the wolf. I don't understand. It's VR. Just make it work. Science. I don't know. What I love about this is that they're referencing the it to some sort of other attraction that they have uh-huh. um called the escape plan mm-hmm. which is apparently a an escape room because it's some sort of like breakout simulator i love that um but i the photo i think is something that's incredibly important to me it's beautiful it is it's some um, lionsgate group made this kind of rendering and mm-hmm. All I can see is this one dude with the VR goggles on, <laughs> on a just bike. following his friends yeah. through the woods at night. It's so funny. If you could have made a Twilight ride, what would you have made? Thank you so much. I've been stirring on this <laughs> for the last two I, minutes. I was hoping that you were. I mean, I think the obvious one, if we're, if we're doing like VR like writings sort of simulation sort of thing... Um, right. In terms of like logistics of something easy to do, obviously you would just like ride on one of the vampires' backs like Bella does in the first Twilight movie. Right, like that's that makes the sense. easiest. Like that's the same mechanic we're working with here, but it's more believable, and you're not just riding a bike. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> VR Edward turning around and being like, "You better hold tight, Spider Monkey," <laughs> <laughs> before you fucking just scale a tree. <laughs> And that, I feel like you can have fun with that, too, because it's it's so fast. <laughs> it is. It just have, I'm sure they'd have some, like, that 4D just wind shit or whatever. Just <laughs> Yeah, it's, like, dangerously fast, yeah. which I love. And that'd be very fun and, like, easy, r- relatively the same mechanics to do here. Yeah. Or, I mean, if you were going to keep on this, like, car thing, because maybe they, you know, they're horny for wheels. Sure. It's, like... Why aren't you in that Italian sports car with Alice driving through the Italian little hills and shit? I thought you were going to say Bella's truck. (laughs) Could you imagine? Yep, actually. um, That would be a far better ride. Fuck everything I just said. Um, Just a little ride in Bella's truck. Yeah, you sit in Bella's truck for 20 minutes and just listen to Muse <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> that's the ride. Just like parked in a school parking lot. Yeah, <laughs> oh my god. Or they could do, I mean, I guess that'd probably be a little bit traumatic if they did like where Bella almost fucking dies. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> in a parking lot. <laughs> just Tyler leaning over like, dude, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm just so high right now. <laughs> Yeah. That would be hilarious. Yeah. 
either of those would be great. <laughs> or maybe they're like really into the shaming experience. And the VR experience that you have is that you get to be Bella walking into biology for the first time. <laughs> and Edward just like dying. <laughs> Honestly, all of these are great. Yeah, hire us. Yeah. Why didn't they choose any of the action sequences? Like, you could have done the birthday party in New Moon. You could have done <laughs> Victoria's fight on the mountain. Like, why did you do the one where it's, like, Allie not even Curley relevant? Has a corkboard behind her. Or is she just pointing? I have so much red string. I am holding a presentation clicker and moving through a PowerPoint slide I didn't realize I had made. I, I just don't understand, like, why it's no one else that choice. we know of canonically in the wolf pack had a motorcycle no so is it just jacob on a motorcycle and every other person is a wolf just running because like he's faster as a wolf yeah i have so many questions once you become a wolf really traveling by motorbike is inefficient i agree i agree i just have a lot of questions and and no one is answering them for me um which is a little bit frustrating yeah i'll say sure 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 so the last thing, and I think it's been a while since we've done a Screen Rant Corner, pew, 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 pew. but we have one here, um, mainly because Nathaniel Vanderport from Screen Rant caught my eye with this title. I'll say that. Yeah. In true Screen Rant fashion, it's also a listicle, but in this time they're ranking every death from the Twilight Saga. Just buckle up, folks. Strap in. Yeah. I was hoping that they would have put some of the, like, random people in here yeah um like the I, can't, well, I don't know why i'm forgetting his name right now but the first guy in twilight who's like on his boat oh they do just kidding he's like way up there <laughs> um because i was gonna say it's like that's a pretty random one or the one in eclipse where that riley beers kills on the pier like where's that guy where's that justice um i mainly want to focus in on <laughs> like five up yeah mainly because the first one is number five is that he it's just all the monsters that Edward kills. Yeah. I think it's just really vague. This out bef- like more than any other screen right corner we've had before, like this writer really had a lot of fun with this one. <laughs> I agree. Um, especially number five, because they <laughs> call like Edward's flashback where he looks like Lynn Manuel Miranda and Mary Poppins. It was so rude. <laughs> It's not incorrect. <laughs> it's not incorrect. It's just also very harsh. Yeah. Um, they also chose a, a very important photo of James for number four. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fucking Nathaniel's like, yeah. who can ever forget James, the shoeless vampire? As he just knocks his onto an arm. <laughs> yeah. He's just really living. Yeah. Uh, and he clowns God. on the actress change for Victoria between Newman and Eclair. <laughs> Like, it's so Listen, weird that she switches her face in between. <laughs> I, so I love Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. Um, and this is just, like, a sidebar. Um, I, last weekend, went to go see an early screening of Rocket Man. Um, and it's great, by the way. I cried the whole time. Great. Um, it's what I wanted from fucking, I almost said Boyce Avenue when I was supposed to say Bohemian Rhapsody. Where is my brain? Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that movie, Boyce Avenue. So it's everything that I wanted from Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. But in a movie now. And the guy that plays fucking what's it, Elton John, <laughs> so good. Who? What's his fuck? Who? Um, what's this anyways. movie even about? 
the reason why I'm on this tangent is that Bryce Dallas Howard is in Rocketman um, as Elton John's mom, and she is so good. She's bringing a lot of Victoria energy to the space. Wow. So I love that. I love, I love that, that a lot. Her. Number two is Bella. Um, and I love this. Nathaniel's got some really good commentary of here. Of, has anyone ever stopped to think about how wild the Twilight series can be? Um, and here's what I'll say, Nathaniel. We do. Every week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> after Bella turns into a vampire, she attacks a mountain lion and a rock climber in the exact same scene. Which, here's what I'll say. Um, last night I watched Free Solo for the first time. Uh-huh. Which, what the fuck, first of all, that could be its own bonus, Jonas. Um, but the fucking dude, Alex, who, like, wants to scale this mountain, he climbs it in the exact same way that Bella does. So, Damn. all I'm saying is I think they caught a vampire on camera. Hey, so, you know, it happens. Yeah. What is number one from this space? <sighs> it's everyone. And Do you get thing, it? Daniel, that's a that's a fucking cheap shot. Yeah, is what I'll say. It's kind of a cowardly move. But like you get it, because like everyone died, but then they didn't die. But they a, didn't because it was a trick. It was a <laughs> joke. It was a goof. It was. It was just all of this elaborate plan. Alice is extra as always. Yeah. Uh, speaking of extra, should we get into these chapters? <sighs> I suppose we should. I suppose. Um, so, in a shocking turn of events, you is still awful. Yeah. Um, it hasn't changed. It outdoes fact, itself every week, though. Every week, I think, how can it possibly get worse? And then it does. Yeah. So, that's, a, that's an interesting experience for us to kind of live through. I love that for us. Um, chapter 7 is what I would call the bookstore dungeon chapter. Yeah. The bookstore lore chapter. Yes. Which I feel like... We did not get enough of in the TV show for the for it to resonate, I would say. Right, yeah. So I did feel like there was some new stuff here that made, it kind of filled in some of his backstory, I would say. Yeah, because in the show we got a little bit of like how Mr. Mooney was like kind of a demented father figure for Joe and all that stuff and how it like sort of informed who he is and all that stuff. But we got like a very small glimpse of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the book, it really expanded on, like, their relationship um, and also just, like, the, the, the laws of the bookstore in general. Yeah, I agree. I think one of the the things that interested me most about this is we we just get more of Mr. Mooney. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like because the fact that, as Joe mentions here, like, his mom left when he was very young and then... Um, well, we find out something very fucked up about Mr. Mooney, um, yeah. but apparently Joe was, like, not with his family anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, and for all intents and purposes, Mr. Mooney is his dad. Yeah. Um, and what I imagine is very much like a, um, oh my god, I'm blanking on all the names today, in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, um, when fucking Jake, it just says, it just calls Captain Holt dad oh, yeah. all the time. Yeah. That's what I imagine. Um, and so, a couple of things that I found buck wild about this. One, Mr. Mooney hates going to the bathroom. He thinks it's purposeless and he would rather not. Um, which is a lot yeah, to handle. Yeah, probably not good uh, for your Probably body. not a healthy choice. No, not good for yeah. your bowels. Not recommended. Yeah. One of the other things is the people that brought this, like, 
disassembled cage Mm -hmm. to the bookstore, assumed that underneath the bookstore is where Mr. Mooney was going to keep birds, (laughs) which was a weird thing. He was like, "Uh, you you keep an African grace? I friggin love those birds. They talk. So cool. I was like, I need to know more about this guy. Yeah, like, what's he up to? (laughs) What's his story? Tell me more about this sweaty driver character that you have here. Yeah. What a delight. Um, Don't get a lot of those in this book. For real. Um, Mr. Mooney's like, that's ridiculous. Why would I ever? We're in a bookstore, sir. Um, And then the guy's just like, yeah, you could get a shit ton of birds in here, though. (laughs) And I'm just like, what? Have you thought about how many birds you can put in here, though? It's awful. Um, And then Mr. Mooney not so subtly talks about this metaphor of a a flying cage. He's like, I would never put birds in here because the only thing crueler than a cage so small that a bird can't fly is a cage so large that the bird thinks it can fly. Mm. Ugh. <laughs> Bye. Now that I have, like, the popular highlights, I can see how many people like these things and it makes me mad. Yeah. I hate yeah, it. Yeah, 300 people. Too it's many. awful. Too many. For just, like, nothing. Yeah. That's nothing. What that is that saying? Said. Yeah. Like, nothing. Yeah. One of the things that I found interesting Mm -hmm. over this chapter and chapter eight is there's a lot of intentional repetition that's being used. Yeah. um, That is very reflective, I think, of of Joe's psyche. Right. So to me, like in this first chapter of chapter seven, when it's the repetition of right of, of gently Joseph, it was just like. This tells me a lot about his relationship yeah. to his pseudo dad, yeah. um, and also how like he also probably needed that reminder of having to treat things with intention, mm-hmm. which tells us a lot about the personality and kind of like kind of confirms what we already knew about his personality there. Right. I also think it's interesting when he's talking about um, how he's like, "Oh, I can't wait to like bring you here back," because like you'll see how cool I am and that I can, like, I have the key to the, you know, bookseller and I have all these old books and I know where the air conditioning is and that I can cook up these books and totally just fry them up and fuck them up. Um, And then he, like, says it in a way that's like, oh, well, if there's anyone that will, like, appreciate this power that I have, it's you, you know, you you little MFA student wannabe writer, whatever, you'll just, like drop your panties and fuck me in this bookseller with all these old books. <laughs> the thing that I hated most about that, and it's it's everything from this chapter, but yeah. the thing I hated most is that he calls himself the key master. <laughs> and here's what I'll say. I remember watching Aquaman and the whole talk about the ocean master. Uh-huh. We don't need any more masters. Yeah. Ever. It's over. We don't need them. We They're have done. plenty. Oh my god. Yeah. I... Just everyone. Stop it. So here's the other thing that makes me kind of sad. Is we find out that there is another person that works at Moody's Bookstore. Uh-huh. And it's not Ethan. Yeah. Is there and I Curtis? hate that. <laughs> yeah, just fucking Curtis, this high school kid. This fucking just schmuck. <laughs> is trying to get money just so that it can pay for his weed. Like, yeah. just doing the damn thing. Um, and... I, I guess I'm glad that they made this artistic choice in the TV show, but is the Blythe character going to be with Curtis? Like, yeah. I have questions now. I have so many questions. I agree. You took away uh, one of the good things of this and threw it away. 
And I am sad yeah, about sad. it. Yeah, I'm sad. I'm emo. Yes. Um, so we have to talk about the fact that Mooney, one of the times, I assume, that he locked Joe in this cage. Yup. Um, for days. For literal days. Literal days. Um, to teach him a, quote, lesson, which we don't really find out what it is. Right. Um, he, like, had, he was like, oh, I'm gonna read this, uh, first edition Franny and Zoe, J.D. Salinger situation. Also, um, hey. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and it's signed, and he's just, like, rubbing the signature on this very expensive, very old book. And it gets stolen. Because he brings it to the front counter with him, first of all, sir. God damn it, If Joe. you have a fucking old-ass book and you're gonna steal it, keep it in- read it in the little, like, lending library situation you got in there. Don't bring it outside. Do better at crime, Where Joseph. thieves are, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so bad at crime? God. Come on. Um, so, he gets put in the cage. Yeah. Because, sure. Because that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and for several days and nights, to the point that the author makes a point here that he was released on the 14th of September in 2001. This whole plot line is bananas to me. I agree. Why the fuck is 9-11 even involved in the situation? I feel like this happened last time. (sighs) Was it? It did. It's it was in something that we read. Um, maybe I can't. I honestly can't remember was it at 50 this point. Shades? Like a, one of it, the flashbacks or something. Maybe and maybe I'm just forgetting and I I'm making up nothing. <laughs> you know, yeah, Ally, but, always inserting nine eleven into past memories. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I. So it wasn't anything that we read. So my my favorite book of all time. Uh-huh. One of them um, is a time traveler's wife, oh, and the author does this yep, too. Yep, 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 yep. That's a huge thing. That's right? what I was thinking yeah. of, of just like let's just talk about it, but not like address it or do anything with it. I'm just gonna say it for the word, the shock value. It's just like, yeah, it's saying it and not having any any context with it, and also making very strange parallels about it that don't make any sense. Where it's like he's what he's like 16 when this is happening or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so he's just like, yeah, I was in this cage. Also, 9-11 happened, and I don't really know how to process that, and he doesn't. Um, but then he's like, because he's trying to find this person who stole this book, uh, and get revenge or whatever, um, Mm -hmm. or get the book back at least. Um, and he's just like, yeah, you know, I wasn't alone searching, though, because people were searching for their families, and I was searching for this book thief, and it's like, what the fuck? And then he it thinks, was like, so wild. And then he's like, oh, well, sometimes I think that she died in the towers, and then I think it's okay. And I'm like, what is happening right Don't now? Don't say stuff like that. Joseph. Please, Joseph. What the The other fuck? thing that I thought was super fucked up, and is very indicative, I think, of Mooney's behavior, yeah. is that he intentionally kept Joseph there during that time. Yeah. Knowing, and he, like, tells him when Joseph gets out, is like, your dad didn't call. Right. He just thinks you're dead. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Literally, what is um, happening? The other thing is we get a little bit more backstory about Joseph and his family. Uh-huh. Um, so his mom dipped out in, um, when he was in second grade. Not when she was in second grade. That would be wild. Um, and 
the other thing is that he's he says here, lots of people have shitty parents and roaches in the cabinets and stale raw Pop-Tarts for dinner and a TV that barely works and a dad who doesn't care when his son doesn't come home during a national disaster. Great. Fine. Uh-huh. What are raw Pop-Tarts? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, un un he untoasted pop tarts. Those are raw pop tarts. Do you did you toast your pop tarts? Not every flavor, but some yeah are better toasted. Yeah, for sure. Which flavor? The brown sugar cinnamon one. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, and I was just a frosted strawberry. Kid, yeah. If you're doing so. if you're toasting a fruit one, you're you should be arrested. <laughs> That's a crime. <laughs> that is a federal offense. But the, the like ones that are like you know more sweet but like not in a in a fruit way like those are mm-hmm. like heatable yeah i bet one of the like brownie or chocolate chip ones right was fuck yeah in a toaster. the more like desserty kind of ones those are mm-hmm. toasty um if you're putting fucking strawberries in the toaster i will call the police <laughs> well and also like what would even happen to the frosting you know right yeah i have questions yeah anyway um so this is all, like, just an experience that Joe is reliving. Um, but he is at the bookstore in the fiction stacks when he's still looking at Beck's phone. Yep. Um, that apparently she never locked, question mark. Um, great. Great. Super safe. Um, and he's, you know, being a super creep of, like, looking into all of her passwords, her emails, her, like, just everything. Because he has no impulse control. Nope. Um, and then they spend like two pages talking about how Beck doesn't get a new phone because she doesn't want to talk to her mom. Uh, <laughs> and just like get shit on for losing a phone, yeah. which is uh, something. Her friends just pile on her. <laughs> yeah, they're like, I don't understand. That's so much money. Why are you paying for two things? And she's like, haha, my mom's paying for my first phone. So whatever. Um, it's gross. Yep. We also find out that Beck is the kind of person that apparently just emails instead of texts, which, okay. I'm reporting you. <laughs> <laughs> you are an alien who does that. Um, NASA's on their way. For real. Um, I I found it just weird that he's going into all this stuff. Um, and then they, Beck shows up. As you do. Uh, as you do, Right. Um, and he is acting, he's attempting to act cool, mm-hmm. which is embarrassing. Yeah. Um, and so he, when he's talking to her, he like goes back to the front, um, checkout space and he just like fucking puts his feet up and puts his hands behind his bed so he can show her just the teeniest bit of his happy trail. Great. And because apparently Beck has a gift for him. Um, while also he has intentionally chosen this cologne that apparently the Beck and her friends like. Like, it's all very fabricated and creepy. Right. It's um, It is. Um, and the gift that she decides to give him for saving her life is the Da Vinci Code, but in Italian. Obviously. Obviously. Where is the precedent for this? Did they talk about the Da Vinci Code? They Well, they talked about Dan Brown right. when they met. But, like... But not the Da Vinci Code. And Cho doesn't know Italian. They don't know Italian. I mean, no. And she's like, well, it's not all in Italian. And he, he says, I flip through and you're wrong. And he <laughs> grabs the book and drop it off the counter. <laughs> it's like, um, First actually... Of all. And she's like, no, I... 
fuck, I wrote something on the first page. That's in English. Can you just, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Can you stop being so ungrateful, <laughs> Joseph? Uh, yeah, I found it weird. Um, and also that he's like, so we should like chat or whatever. And she just grabs a bookmark that apparently you have to pay for and just scribbles all over it um, with her email address and stuff. And he's like, um, actually, usually you have to pay for that. So because he's a piece of shit. Um, anyways, he also says that she apparently has more of a daddy complex because she apparently wants to leave but is waiting to be excused, Ugh. which gross gross thing that you just said joseph right um and so when she leaves he also says one of the grossest things um and he's like um you gave me your email address and now i have to choose which draft to send to you i knew you'd come in and i knew you'd give me your email so last night i wrote different versions of my first email to you Great. And like, listen, I get that if someone texts you that you're like, oh, they're cute, you might like rewrite your response. Yeah. But to pre-write them. Yeah, that's crazy. Is, is terrifying to me. I hate it. Um, and also just shows like he is not good at social interactions. Um, no. No. So we've got chapter eight here. Um, and it just starts with this love letter to Prince. Which, like, hey. I get it. Right. I also don't want him to like Prince, but, like, I get it. And he's also doing it in a way that's like, oh, Prince is the greatest poet of our time. Notice how I said poet and not songwriter? Um, Because, obviously, Joe just doesn't think of songwriting as its own art form or anything. Sure, sure. Because it's music. But poetry... Poetry! (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah. No, I agree. Just Joseph shaking his hands, being like, it's poetry, don't you understand? Old man yells at cloud. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Anyway, so he keeps repeating throughout all of this, the prince line that he kind of makes his own, which is, it's been seven hours and 15 days since you took your love away. And... So Joseph goes on this, like, fangirl moment of being like, don't you get it? It's poetic because he swapped the days and the hours. Poets are different. And so he does that throughout all of this. And it's gross. And thank you for this gift, author of this book that I don't remember. Um, Anyways, so... He goes in and he talks about how, like, it takes her forever to finally email him. Um... And, or yes, like right back to him, I guess, because he sent her that first thing. Um, and so finally she's like, so happy hour on Thursday. Um, and then he does that thing of like, well, it took her that long. So I'm going to also wait to respond. Great. that's healthy. Yeah, of course. And of course, he's like watching how she talks with her friends and, and finding out that she has flirted with several people because that's a crime. And also that she still wants Benji, which apparently is also a crime in his eyes. Because what happens um, is they, like, plan to go, or, like, no, she cancels the first one. And then all of a sudden she responds and is like, hey, so I'm at Greenpoint. Uh, You want to hang out? 
Yeah. But then, mm-hmm. of course, Benji responds. Um, and so she cancels the plans. And he's like, oh, yeah, totally fine. But also very cool, not, cool, cool. not fine. <laughs> well, um, and here's the thing. This is like the, like, Becca's uh, bad, right? But, <laughs> but yeah. this is the most objectively, like, shitty I feel like she's been. Because, um, mm-hmm. like. He she starts being like, "Hey, are you like bartending today?" And Joe has to pretend he still is a bartender. A bartender. <laughs> he's like, "No, uh, but I can hang out." Uh, and he's like, "Cool, like whatever." Here's a time, uh, and they figure something right. out. And then she's like, "Oh, Benji, <laughs> oh Benji." Um, well, yeah, because on? apparently it took two weeks for Benji to respond. Right. To the fact that she got a a new number. Yeah. And now that he's responded, like, the toxic relationship that it is, she is like, oh, yeah, of course, let's hang out. And then she's like, oh, my God, a school thing. I I can't. I'm sorry. School is just, like, so hard. It's so hard. Don't go to grad school. And then Joe's like, cool, I'm on the train already, but. (laughs) (laughs) But fuck me, I guess. Damn, all right. Yeah. Um. I also love that the author kept the smiling emoticons in here yeah. in this whole chapter. Yeah. Uh, it's just, like, really authentic. Right. It just really adds to the experience. It's like I'm there, you know. <laughs> it's like it's my phone. Right. Um, so then we find out, and this this also happened in the, the TV show, too, yeah. where then... Benji, of course, is, like, the club soda dude, and he's awful. Yeah. Um, but Joe decides to be more awful <laughs> and pretending that he is a, a guy who fucking loves club soda. Hell yeah. In <laughs> <laughs> um, his boldest move critic. yet. <laughs> yeah, he gets to pretend that he's a food critic. And if I can email Benji... Being like, let's go to this underground cafe that's in the place that I work. So let me just put that in text there. Um, and let's just fucking do the damn thing. So, of course, um, Benji's like, um, uh, sir, yes. Of course. <laughs> of course. Here's my finest sodas. <laughs> and he just hands him a little croy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just chucks it at his head. Yeah. So, after getting that response from Benji, Joe, hey, it's okay. I'm upset about Joe, too. You don't have to hiss. I just literally switched over to a different page, and my cat was looking at the screen and just hissed at it. Like, she knows. She understands. That's good. Yes. She gets Train it. her. Um, <laughs> yes, I, I have trained her well. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. So... He, of course, is like, well, I'm not a multitasking businessman at heart, but I will practice. So I know how many stops away I am from my house and how many flights of stairs I am from picking up the things that I'm going to use to kill Benji. And <laughs> um, and then he fucking texts the high schooler and is like, hey, man, it's all good. You don't have to come in today. I got it. <laughs> and I got it. I'll, I got you. Um, and that's where the fucking chapter ends. Right. I'm glad we're at least yeah. fucking moving somewhere. You know, we're getting I agree. We're getting there. I agree. So next week we have chapters nine and ten. Ow. We are moving slowly yes. but surely. But we're coming. But we are getting there. Yeah. Um, we have so many people to thank. Would you like to do a thing this time? Should we do a thing? Okay. Well, <laughs> um 
What haven't we done in a while? Let's let's look at some screen rant listicles. Sure. Let's see what they what yeah. flavor they've got going what, on there. What's their what's what are they offering today? I agree. Um Alright, why don't you start? Sure. Shout out to Sophia Salinger. Wow, 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 wow. Who's gonna be Who's gonna be <laughs> <laughs> Uh, family Guy. Ten of Chris Griffin's most hilarious quotes. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you to Aaron Salinger. Ow. Who is, obviously, uh-huh. the most important yeah. out of all of these. Yes. Um, which is Gentleman Jack Renewed for season two. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Alex Blythe. Wee, 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 who's gonna be Grace and Frankie. Five times Frankie was a good friend, and five times she wasn't. <laughs> wow. Wow. Alright. Shout out to Marie Mooney. Ow. Who is going to be Ow. A Seinfeld star advises Game of Thrones on dealing with finale criticism. Oh my god. <laughs> because sure. Yeah. Why not? No. Shout out to Taylor, Brown, Town, Lautner. Braver than the Marines. Yes. Just fucking pour one out. <laughs> um, Ten incredible forgotten Disney shows. And I just want to like say the three that are in the, the photo here that I can just tell because they're a popular Disney show, so not at all forgotten. Uh, Lizzie Please. McGuire. <laughs> oh my god. Um... That's a Raven, and whatever Demi Lovato was in, I forget. Um, oh my god! What? That's so rude. What? But obviously, Cody, it was Sunny with a Chance, so oh, that's I don't right. know. I, that's true. So maybe that is a forgotten one. <laughs> that one, I feel like, is the only one that was forgotten yeah. out of all of those. Yeah. yeah. That was a show, though. Uh, that existed. It, it was something, yeah. that's for sure. I have Katie Weber. And, Katie, I've got something really important for you, so please buckle up. Oh, yeah. Um, this one is going to be Rocket Man. Richard Madden says cutting the sex scene would have been a disservice. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. Spoiler alert. <laughs> also, I did see that movie with a whole bunch of old white people um, who apparently liked Elton John but didn't want to deal with the fact that he was gay. <laughs> and, <laughs> so it was very fun to watch that sex scene in that group of people. I love that. Yeah. Shout out to Simon motherfucking Steel. Yoked as a bloke. So yoked. You can't even Thank you, Simon. believe. Nope, you can't. Um, He's going to remind you, but you won't believe. Who's going to be Mean Girls characters sorted into their Hogwarts houses? All right. You have my attention. Yeah. I am I'm here for this information. Yeah. So I have a very important gift for our fan fiction this week, brought to you by Taylor Brown Tom Honor. Yeah. This gift um, was published on January 10th of 2018. I honestly can't tell you where I was at that time. Sure. Um, it was, it's written by the author Hormonal Harry. Great. And this is a Twilight and Jaws crossover. Yeah. It's titled No Boners, No Sex. And the description goes as follows. 
A crossover between Twilight and Jaws. If you're Team Edward, you won't like this story. Whoa. If you're Team Jacob, you won't like this story. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, okay. So this is all like a one shot. I'm just going to read you part of it here. And I would just recommend for you and also for the listeners, um, more than usual, I would recommend just reading this one on your own. There's a lot of context that I'm not going to be able to fill here. All right. Geez, she thought to herself, I've been sitting here for hours. Bella, he asked. Yes, Eddie. He snarled. You know I hate that. My name is Jaws. She laughed and he could never stay mad at her for long. He began to laugh as well, and soon they walked side by side back to Bella's shelter. She stood there for a moment, thinking, and turned towards him. Jaws? Any other name? He sighed. My parents called me James, but most people know me as Jaws. She smiled. James, then. Would you like to spend the night with me? He looked up into her eyes, hope in his face. She had never seen someone so beautiful, even Edward. The grace with which he moved through the water and the way light reflected off his toned skin in either form made him the most beautiful man she knew. She held up a finger against his lips. No boners, no sex, just sleeping. He nodded and followed her inside. And see. Well. She's fucking a shark. Who does that? Uh, you know, why not? Life is short. Okay, all right, first of all, you tell me that Nosferatu can get it is disrespectful and illegal content for this podcast, but then you say you want to fuck a shark? Okay, I didn't say I want to fuck a shark. I'm just thinking about ruling it out. But I would rule out Nosferatu immediately. This is a crime! (laughs) I know. (laughs) I can't relate. I don't want that many teeth going near my bits. (sighs) Listen, maybe I watched teeth too much growing up and I'm desensitized to it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Fuck. Well, as we say in Seattle. Get bit. Get bit as well, I think. (laughs) Those sharks just want to bite. They got all those chompers. Okay, bye. This is an Earbud Media production. You can find us on Twitter at Earbud Media and listen to the rest of our shows. You can find this show on Twitter at Into the Twilight, as well as Into the Twilight.show. You can send us an email at Into the Twilight Show at gmail.com. You can also become a sponsor of the show or buy some merch at Into the Twilight.bigcartel.com. Our art is done by Maddie Padilla, who you can find at Your Ghost Toast 44 on Instagram, and our music is done by Eli Krauss, who you can find at Eli Sauerkraus and Krausfilms.com. The intro and outro is by KB Smith, who you can find at kb underscore underscore smith on twitter you can find ali on twitter at into wild places and you can find me at dyke discourse you've been listening to earbud media production earbud media audio for everyone